Richard Burton once said of a diamond he had purchased for his wife, it had so many carrots, it was almost a turnip. Welcome, friends, to Sipping on the Sabbath, this special preaching series for Lent called Dust to Diamonds. You're going to need two coffees for this one. So in episode one, I talked about how diamonds are formed in the depths of the earth, heat, pressure, darkness, solitude. And then in episode two, I spoke about how diamonds are mined, that the kimberlite stone is, is crushed and the precious gems are put to one side while the worthless rocks are discarded. And today I want to talk about how diamonds are cut and polished. If a diamond is not cut, a diamond is not polished, it will not shine. So if I'm not willing in the spiritual life to be cut and polished like a diamond, I myself will not shine. I will not shine and radiate specifically the light of Christ. And redemptive suffering is how we ourselves willingly cooperate and say yes to the Lord as life situations come our way. And again, we don't go looking for the cross. It will certainly find us. It knows where we live. But redemptive suffering is the way that we are cut and polished in the spiritual life so that we can be brilliant like a diamond and radiate the light, the light of Christ himself. Almost 40 years ago now, back in 1984, Saint John Paul II released a apostolic letter on redemptive suffering called Salvavici Dolores. You can look it up yourself. I encourage you to read it. It is 32 pages long. It is dense. But again, you know, just take it maybe a paragraph or two at a time and allow uh, the Lord to speak to your heart as he spoke to my heart uh, through it. And who of us doesn't remember the last public appearance of now St. John Paul II? from the window of the Apostolic Palace, a, a silent yet powerful witness uh, to the beauty and the efficacy of redemptive suffering. And I just wonder what he would have to say today in our culture, 40 years on from the time he wrote this letter, where certainly here in Canada, made medical assistance in dying is being promoted, encouraged, as a healthcare option. So I want to take his letter and give you a synopsis of it. And I have, in doing so, put three, surprise, surprise, uh, key sections of the letter uh, for our consideration. And the first part of his letter is that Christ identified with suffering humanity. And Christ encourages us to identify with those in our society who themselves are suffering, as we all are suffering. We all have some experience of the cross, some element in our life that is hard, but yet we remind ourselves, and Jesus reminds us, that he has identified with the suffering, you and me, and calls us to do likewise. So Christ, first of all, ministered to the world of human suffering. We think in the Gospels, he healed the sick, he consoled the afflicted, he fed the hungry, he freed people from deafness, from blindness, from 
leprosy from the devil, from various physical disabilities. Three times he restored the dead to life. And he was sensitive, is sensitive to human suffering, whether it's the suffering that we experience in our bodies or whether it's the suffering that we experience in our souls. And he calls us to do good to those among us who are suffering. Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says, Come, O blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And suffering can unleash love in the human heart. That's a direct quote from St. John Paul II's letter. And a person, you and me, who is a neighbor to someone, we, we cannot pass by the suffering of another. The Lord directs us in those circumstances as he did himself to stop, to sympathize, to care for the other, just like the Good Samaritan did in the Gospel. Here's a very interesting quote from his letter vis-a-vis -vis this encouragement to minister to the suffering among us. How much there is to be of the Good Samaritan, St. John Paul II said, in the profession of the doctor or the nurse or others similar. Our culture today has unfortunately abandoned the spiritual value of suffering because society has abandoned Jesus, has put the Lord up on the shelf. And again, MAID, Medical Assistance in Dying, sees suicide, sees murder as a health care option. Completely abandon the spiritual power and effects of suffering as a means by which we unite ourselves with Jesus on the cross, who died on the cross, who suffered on the cross to save us. More about this in a minute. But Christ, he did not. In his public ministry, he did not conceal from his listeners, he doesn't conceal from us in the spiritual life, the need for suffering. Even though Peter wanted the Lord to be freed from it. God forbid it, Lord. This should never happen to you. When Jesus talked about how he was now turning and going towards Jerusalem. The Lord says, If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And then in response to the inquiry of the mother of James and John about, Hey, let my son sit on your left and on your right. Jesus takes the two boys together and says, Listen, are you able to drink the cup that I am going to drink? Do we have the willingness to share in the suffering of Christ for the salvation of the world? The second part of this letter that St. John Paul II wrote on redemptive suffering talks exactly about that. That redemptive, eternal life, it comes from and through the suffering of Christ on the cross. And we can share in Christ's suffering, in his redemptive work, when we suffer in union with him, 
for the whole church. Christ's work on the cross, John Paul II said, is the greatest possible answer to the question, why? Why, Lord? Why is there suffering in the world? And in receiving the answer from the Lord, he is encouraging us to know that because of what he did, because of the suffering he experienced that brought about redemption, human suffering, all human suffering, is redemptive. We cooperate with the Lord. That the cross has become, for you and for me, a source from which rivers of living water, living grace flow. And that's what the Lord said to the woman we have in today's gospel, the woman at the well, John chapter 4. If you knew who was asking you for a drink, you would know that he is offering you living water. The Lord is offering us this living water that flows from the cross. We can experience that. We can share in that. That's what Paul is getting at when he talks to the people of Colossae. Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. In the flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, that is the church. Now, this, this raises the question, well, does this mean that the redemption achieved by Christ is incomplete? No, that's not what it means. What it means is, and again, this is a direct quote from the letter on redemptive suffering by St. John Paul II, it means that the redemption accomplished through satisfactory love remains always open to all love expressed in human suffering. So every human suffering, by reason of the loving union of Christ, completes the suffering of Christ. Christ suffered for love of you and for me. Do I embrace suffering in my life in union with love for him? And when I do that, I am sharing and cooperating with the Lord in bringing, showering down grace and, and mercy upon the world. And finally, the third part that I want to highlight from John Paul II's letter states that suffering transforms us from within into a closer union with Jesus and his life and his mission to the world. So to suffer is to love. And how true is it that the people that are closest to us, the people that love us the most, are often the ones that cause us the most suffering. But to suffer is to love. Suffering, St. John Paul II, must serve for conversion, for change. In this, this is what Peter says in his letter, in this you rejoice greatly, for even though for a little while, you have to suffer the distress of various trials so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This too shall pass. But in the interim, Jesus, give me the grace to embrace it out of love for you as you embrace the cross out of love for me. And suffering, again, draws us interiorly closer to Christ. Again, very powerful quote 
I'm not a big fan of reading quotes when I'm preaching, but I'll make an exception for today. Very powerful excerpt from this letter about how suffering is meant to bring about this interior conversion and change and closer union with the Lord. When this body, that is yours and mine, is gravely ill, totally incapacitated, and the person is almost incapable of living and acting, all the more do interior maturity and spiritual greatness become evident, constituting a touching lesson to those who are healthy and normal, and indicating for the person who suffers a place close to himself, that is close to Jesus. For suffering cannot be transformed and changed by grace from without, but from within. Almost always, the individual enters suffering with a typical human protest and with the question, why? Why, Lord, am I experiencing this? Similar to the question that the Israelites asked Moses. In the first reading we have today from Exodus, is the Lord among us or not? Why are we experiencing this desert? Why are we experiencing thirst and parchment in the desert? Is the Lord with us or not? Why is this suffering coming our way? Continuing with the quote from John Paul II, one cannot help noticing that the one to whom we put the question is himself suffering and wishes to answer from the cross. Jesus answers our question, why, from the cross, from the heart of his own suffering. Nevertheless, it often takes time, even a long time, for this answer to begin to be interiorly perceived. Man hears Christ's saving answer as he himself gradually becomes a sharer in the sufferings of Christ. Gradually, as the individual takes up his cross, spiritually uniting himself to the cross of Christ, the salvific meaning of suffering is revealed to him or to her. A source of joy is found in overcoming the sense of the uselessness of suffering. It is suffering more than anything else which clears the way for the grace which transforms human souls. And so we put ourselves under the lordship of he who is the master jeweler, who cuts and polishes us through suffering, suffering in union with his suffering that brings about a good salvation of the world. Moses is given a direction by the Lord in response to the complaints of the people. Strike the rock and water will come out from it. The diamond must suffer. The diamond needs to go through this experience of being cut, of being polished, so its brilliance will indeed shine forth. If the rock was not struck, if the diamond is not cut, then the miracle of the water would not have occurred. And the brilliance of the diamond would certainly not be enjoyed. Jesus always identifies himself 
with suffering humanity. He suffers. He knows the suffering that we are experiencing and going through. And the gospel says to us directly, Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. And it was about 12 noon. Maybe I can identify with this. Maybe I too am tired because of the journey of life. Am I wrestling, struggling with the why of suffering in my life? Am I experiencing 12 noon? That is the full heat of the day. No shadows, nowhere to hide. Everything is brought to the light, totally exposed and vulnerable. But yet, what does Jesus say? Excuse me, what does the woman say from her encounter with Jesus? She's witnessing, evangelizing the people of the village. He told me everything I have ever done. He being Jesus. He told me everything I have ever done. That Jesus sees everything that we have done and will do. All of our character defects, all of our character assets, and he chooses to call us into union with himself through the work of the cross and the embracing of our own suffering. Jesus sees the true us that's buried under the layers of the defects of character and wrong choices we have made. And he wants to cut and polish us through redemptive suffering so that the brilliance that is within us, as it is within the diamond, will shine forth. And I'll talk more about that in next week's episode. We are celebrating today the third Sunday of Lent. And we also have the first scrutiny of the RCIA program. Those who are entering into a full communion with the church or being baptized at the Easter vigil. And from a worldly point of view, scrutiny has very negative connotations. From a jeweler's point of view, the diamond is scrutinized so that the best cut and polish can be given to the diamond. But in the spiritual life, Jesus himself scrutinizes us, not to belittle us, not to humiliate us, but so that we are able to give him our yes, our permission, our cooperation, so that he too, like the master jeweler working on the diamond, will work on us and uncover the excellence that is within each of us, albeit buried under bad choices. We have an opportunity, my dear friends, to speak a word of encouragement to our world uh, today, a world awash in secularism, a world where God again has been put up on the shelf. And the word of encouragement that we can speak to others comes from the prophet Isaiah. This is what he says, and this is what we can say as we desire, in imitation of Jesus, to embrace our suffering as he embraced his suffering in union together for the salvation of the world, the conversion of sinners. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the afflicted, sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint 
spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. Our people need to hear this word, that Jesus wants to enter into every aspect of our life. And redemptive suffering is the means by which, my dear friends, we put ourselves under the care of the master jeweler. The diamond is cut, the diamond is polished along various facets, they're called. Each one reflecting a distinct light into the world to create this maximum brilliance that we find attractive. Will I let Jesus cut and polish me? There are members of our families, friends, co-workers, fellow students, neighbors who need to hear this word of liberation and freedom that comes from offering ourselves to the Lord and forming us and transforming us and changing us. Oh, that today, we say or will sing in the response to our psalm, oh, that today you will listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not harden your hearts. And this is what the Lord Jesus is saying to us to you and to me, in the midst of the sufferings and the unfortunate experiences that we are experiencing in life, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, I am with you in your suffering. Join it to mine for conversions and healing in the world, in your heart and in my heart too. Do not let it go to waste. I'm doing a beautiful thing through your suffering, as the Father did through mine for the world. And so let us pray. So Lord Jesus, we do thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you, Jesus, for the gift of each person. Each person, Lord, who has tuned into this podcast, watching it or listening to it right now at this moment, Lord. Lord Jesus, you know all that's going on in our life. You know the various ways, Lord Jesus, that we are indeed suffering, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Lord Jesus, we thank you that in your public life and in your eternal life now with the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord of heaven and earth, you are still identifying with the suffering. You identify with us, Lord. You minister to us, Lord. And so, Lord Jesus, we invite you now to come into every aspect of our life. It is 12 noon, Jesus, and you come to us in the heat of the day that you sit to be with us, Jesus, as you sat to be with the woman at the well. Lord Jesus, we pray for anyone listening or watching this podcast who is really struggling with suffering in their life. That this word, Lord Jesus, that you have spoken to us today may soften their heart, massage their heart, Lord Jesus, be a consoling truth for them. We pray also, Lord Jesus, for those who have lost hope in life. Help us remember, Lord Jesus, that hope has a name, and it's your name, Jesus, hope. Help us, Lord Jesus, to not succumb to the lie that this suffering is futile, that there is purpose, there is meaning in it, Jesus. Help us always to look to you, Jesus, to the cross, 
that you suffered for love of us. Help us, Jesus, to suffer in union with you for the love of the world. We pray, Lord Jesus, for the conversion of our world from the culture of death to the culture of life. We pray, Lord Jesus, for all doctors, all nurses, all those involved in the healthcare profession, that they, Lord Jesus, would come to know the healing power, grace, mercy, life, and love of living under your Lordship, and that they would, at this moment, Lord Jesus, through the love that you shower down upon them, Lord, experience true conversion and healing away from the culture of death and all the ways that it's manifest in our healthcare profession to fully, courageously embrace the culture of life. We pray, Lord Jesus, again, for the grace to embrace the cross as it presents itself to us in our life. Help us, Jesus, to be cooperators with you, that your suffering, our suffering, is redemptive, that you invite us, Jesus, to cooperate with you, to bring about continued healing and conversions, even in ways, Jesus, we don't even see. Mother Mary, St. Joseph, and St. John Paul II, please pray for us today. Amen. Okay, well, there we go. God bless you, my friends. It's always good to have you here. Thanks for journeying along with me in this, this season of Lent. If you are new to this channel, don't forget to subscribe. Please share this on all of your different social media platforms. It's, it's a bit of a heavier discussion we've had this day, but you know what? It needed to be said and it needs to be heard. So we just pray that whoever needs to hear it, whoever needs to see it, will indeed see it and hear it. So just share it around to all your friends, family, in-laws, and outlaws there, okay? So in the meantime, stay caffeinated. Remember that when we're powerless, that is indeed when we are strong. And victory is indeed gained through surrender. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bye-bye.